Hey everyone, this is your co-host, Posh. And I'm Pat. This is the Founder Hour. After Hours. Episode 5-0. 50. 50. That's honestly nuts. That's nuts. Yeah. And it's the final episode of the year, so we are super excited. Um, it is... Uh, shit, what time is it right now? 5 a.m. 5 a.m. on a Tuesday night, so you'll be hearing this now. As you're listening, it's probably Wednesday. And uh, we're definitely a little bit delusional. Uh, we've been working hard after a long day of work and then worked on some projects. And uh, in the process, we came up with uh, this game that... Uh, actually, actually, we, we felt like it could be a podca- another, another podcast idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we probably won't do it, but maybe we will. Yeah, let us know what you think. It's called Wishful Thinking. It's a segment that we just literally talk about something that's 100% false. Disclaimer. Yeah. And we just come up with a scenario and just run with it and create just a complete new story around it as if it were true. Um, So we're going to give it a shot. Let us know what you think. I hope it's entertaining. I hope it makes the drive to work fun, funny, light. And uh, here we go. So... The topic for this week, I just read it on the New York Times, huh. actually. I thought it was the Wall Street Journal. Well, now it's probably I, I think both. it was on both of them. It's yeah. Probably, yeah, I mean, if they put a press release out, yeah. it's probably on both. Um, Barack Obama launches Barack 3s. Right. What? Yeah. What? He's launching a shoe. Yeah. So he launched a shoe. So his wife launches a book. And then I think right around the same time, he's launching a shoe. Yeah. Which is brilliant in my in my in my opinion like yeah this kind of cross you know promotion you know his if his shoes do well obviously her book does well if her book yeah. does well his shoes do well it's a pretty interesting dynamic and her shoes already um, sorry her book is already doing well yeah it's called becoming mm-hmm. i think it's like an oprah winfrey special yep or something yep uh so it's already i think a bestseller yeah. i started reading it it's pretty good um and i think i you know i wish she mentioned the shoe in the book. Yeah. Like, and now Barack... Actually, I think I read, that, I read that he came up with the idea, like, literally, like, a few days before, and he just had it made, like, right on the spot. You know, it's interesting, because most presidents, after the presidency, they write a book. Yeah. It's like, honestly, it's so just... But Barack wasn't, like, any president. He's, like, a... Exactly. He's, like, a... He's, like, a homie. Like, yeah. you know, he plays ball, listens to rap, like, he's just a regular so guy. he's probably thinking, how can I just... Do something different. You know, how do I... I was the first African-American president, okay? Let's be real. My The odds were already stacked against me. Yep. I'm not a shoemaker. Yeah. I'm not a sneakerhead. He was never like a conventional route type of guy, right? Exactly. So he's like, why write a book? Like, I can tell my story through shoes. Yep. And I think um, and I think that's why it's a genius idea calling it the is. Barack Threes. I have yeah. no idea why. I think they signed... Um, who was it? They signed a player recently. DeMar DeRozan or one of those guys, uh, I think, is their first uh, player that they're sponsoring? I, I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think he literally is democratizing shoes. He is. I mean, like, for sure. Like, it's, it, I've never, I mean, when you think of, like, the people who um, release shoes, it's, like, these big brands like Nike mm-hmm. and Adidas. I think, I think he's not, it's not even, like. Uh, it's unaffiliated. Yeah. I, I, either, either, I think. I'm pretty sure it's his own company or he's doing it yeah. with like a random I think he he might have even done it with Crocs. <laughs> I think I it was not. like Crocs going into like basketball shoes or something like that. That They're, could save their company. Yeah, it could. That be. could save their company. Yeah. Um I hope he took the <laughs> I hope he took the Tom's model honestly. Yeah. Every shoe you buy, one shoe is donated to a Democrat and uh that's about it. Yeah. Um no, but yeah, it's I, it's gonna be one of those things that like you know Yeezy, Yeezy kind of started on its own, uh-huh. Jordan kind of started on its own, and then Nike yeah. took you know Jordan and Adidas took Yeezy. After. It's gonna be crazy because it's like Jordan. It's like 
Brock's presidency is like when Jordan was playing in the greatest NBA, of all time, yeah, right, yeah. Well, like so according to the but Sunday. but you know what I'm saying like that was his career, right? right. Now it's like post career, right. and like look at what Jordan's done with his shoe brand and his brand, yeah. and now I'm excited to see what you know Brock does. And I'm pretty sure that's what he was thinking. He was thinking, look, a book, okay, you know. There's millions and billions of books out yeah, there. Yeah, and it's like you write a book and people right. read it and then it gets old and now you have to write another one. And it's and right, because it's you know? not it's only impactful in that time. Yeah. But a shoe is literally timeless. Yeah. Depending on how many, how often you wear it. But yeah, I mean if you're playing basketball, you're gonna th- be thinking of Barack. Yep. You're at the gym, you're gonna be thinking about Barack. Mm-hmm. And when you're thinking of Barack, you're thinking about his policies, universal health care. Yeah. And uh gay marriage and yeah. uh equal rights and all the all the things all the social issues that he was you know right. advocating. Those are what that shoe stands for. I think on the shoe, I think there is like different components of the policies. Right. No, no, no. And also just like of his, of him and his story. Like, yeah. for example, I mean, um, you know, like how, uh, how to tell like if a Louis Vuitton purse is like real. Yeah. It's like, you know, the color kind of fades over time. The I didn't fake know that, ones, but now I do. Yeah. yeah like the fake, the, it gets darker. Like the, the, yeah. the leather gets darker and um, not dirtier, but it just gets darker. And like the fake ones just stay the same color. So, yeah. you know, they're fake. Uh, among other things. Mm-hmm. So his, um, I think, so shoe, shoe comes in black primarily, yeah. but over time, as you wear it, as you, it kind of wears out, it starts getting gray. Yeah. Like how, he, you know, like in his like presidency. His hair. Yeah, exactly. Dude, that's fucking Yeah, he, I know. I don't know how he thought about these things. I mean, I know. I mean, he was he's a president a smart, of the United smart States. Guy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, it also has components of the kind of the policies he passed. So there's like the tiny rainbow in the back. Oh yeah, there is the healthcare yeah. sign. There's a lot of like like secretive stuff that yeah, can... it's it's a very complex mm-hmm. shoe in terms of the design. Yep. I've, I've I haven't worn it yet. No, I ordered, yeah, I pre-ordered it. Yeah, um, it's coming. I think January twentieth. Yep, which is inauguration day. So again, like mm-hmm. a lot of symbolism, a lot of symbolism in yeah. this shoe, yeah. which is honestly it's 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 mind blowing. It is. I mean, like it's legendary. It's it's probably gonna be. What like he just came for. out of like left field, like no one's expecting this guy to launch no, a shoe, no. and then he just comes out. And like the crazy thing is, yeah. they're not the Brock ones, they're not the Brock twos, or the Brock threes. He's yeah. starting with at level three. Like it's kind of like his like you know extension of his presidency. Like he had one term, two terms. This is his third term. Third term. Exactly. He's kind of indirectly back in the 100%, game. You know, hundred percent. It's 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 that this is not the first iteration of me. Yeah. You know, down the line, who knows? He's going to launch. Yeah. Because I came in as Brock. Bottles. And then I came in as Barack 2, and this is, like, my reincarnation as, like, Barack 3. And it's a good point because when he came in as Barack 2, he was much more ready to fight. You know, he didn't have to get reelected again. Mm -hmm. He didn't have to go through that campaigning process. So he was really himself. A lot of the policies passed in term 2. Term 3, he's thinking, okay, how do I make perhaps a global impact with a shoe? I mean, I think, look, the thing with shoes is, unlike T-shirts, they're much more difficult to make. They're... A more complex process, it a lot more detail that goes into it, a lot more uh, functionality that goes into it, and for Barack, somebody who's been the president, that's a challenge that he wanted to undertake. Mm-hmm. And he, the guy, plays basketball. He was playing basketball in the White House. Yeah. Um, and so, okay, actually, the coolest, my favorite feature is when you turn the shoe like you know upside down. Um, like Adidas Ultra Boost has like the Continental tires. Yeah. This is literally the White House. Mm. So under the sole is sorry, not the sole. What's it called? The bottom of the shoe? Yeah, the sole. Sole, yeah. It's the White House. Wow. Um, so it's it's dope. It's like, yeah. you know, how the West Wing, all that stuff is all there. Um just it, it's it's one of the most symbolic shoes ever created. Um I don't know what the pre order price was at, but I think it's forty four dollars. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're right. Forty four forty four. Yeah. Uh free shipping. Forty four forty four. Yeah, free shipping. And so um, so yeah, he was the 44th president. That's why. Yeah. Um, that's genius, man. Like it's affordable. It's like, dude, like what basketball shoes, $44, like what he's doing. What anything know. is $44. Yeah, we interviewed some people on our company and uh, on our podcast that their products were more than $44. Yeah, yeah. Like Coaqua. Yeah. Like it's like yeah. six fucking coconut waters for like 189 bucks. Yeah. You know, it's, it's premium coconut water. So what can you do? Um, so anyways, I'm pretty excited about those, um, I think he's going to set a trend. I think a lot of these ex-politicians and ex-folks yeah. you know, folks are going to start coming out. I think out if like, you know, like, shoes. like if Donald Trump was to release a shoe, like it might, God. you know, it might be one of those like big baller brand style like releases, but Ugly as fuck. yeah, like I just feel like, you know, he's probably gonna just going to try to copy Barack and like yeah. it's not going to be good yeah, yeah, yeah. or maybe not. But like, I mean, it'd be interesting. Like if George W. starts coming out with shoes, Dope. like those are going to be cowboy boots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Barack he might 3's, bring cowboy boots back. Yeah. 
Like that's gonna be a thing. Like yeah. where where are those gone? I mean, I think Melania should definitely. Sorry, not Melania. What's her name? Uh, Michelle Obama. I think after the book, she should probably start her own fashion apparel company called Melania. Uh, Melania, fuck Michelle. Um, yeah. Or just even becoming and just you know just a whole content play about you know how you become a person, like how mm-hmm. you become a woman. You know if that's what the space she wants to get into because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. a lot of her book is about that. So it's an interesting take. I mean, Barack and Michelle are doing the whole like Netflix yeah. TV yeah. show. Like they're really kind of they are in tune with culture. Mm-hmm. So this move doesn't completely surprise me. Yeah. Um, any any I, I, I think Rock he wanted to like do like an exclusive drop. Um, yeah. I know there's pre-orders, but yeah. um, I feel like it's kind of you know he's not gonna they're not there. It's not gonna be available for too long. Like, is it's it gonna, gonna be retail or no? He said, "Well, I don't know about that. I don't know. I think that it's just strictly e-commerce right now. Um, he's um, yeah. he's on that e-commerce wave, um, direct to consumer. How are they? Is it? Do they have their own like shipping company that's handling like a, their own three PL that's handling it, or it's like USPS? Like, is he yeah. utilizing the government? Like, I mean, I feel like he is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's it's a it's a great time to buy. It's a great time to buy it. Um, great Christmas gift. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm excited to just wear it. I want to see if it's comfortable or not. I mean." Like his presidency, it started off a little bit uncomfortable, and then, you know, it's got to keep wearing it. You break it in. You got to break it in. So, uh, Barack, great move. Congrats on that. Uh, we're excited. Um, yeah. You and, should come on our podcast talking more about it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so we'll move on to the next topic. Um, what are we going to talk about next? <laughs> um, that was wishful thinking. If you enjoyed it, let us know. If you didn't, don't let us know. Actually, let us know. Um, what are we talking about next? Uh, you kind of wanted to talk about the growth mindset, huh? Yeah. Uh, growth mindset and kind of doing things with intention yeah. instead of kind of just yeah. letting it kind of, yeah. you know, ride the wave type mm-hmm. of thing. So, um, you want to kick it off? Sure. Yeah. I mean, a few weeks ago, I was just kind of sitting down and, um, kind of thinking about just the next steps of life and career and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, where I want to see myself. And I'm not a big fan of three-year plans or five-year plans or any really any kind of plans at all. Shit um, just changes too much. Yeah. Too yeah. The world is also changing. And if you're not adapting because you're stuck to a plan, it's also and not And I don't good. think you have to, like, stick to it by, by all means. But, right. like, you know, it's it's good to, like, have a vision. And it was less so about the bigger things. I'm, I'm, I'm now starting to think, like, about the smaller things, right? Like, doing the smaller things yep. with more intention. Mm-hmm. You know, how I'm spending my All the days. things you take for granted as you're kind of growing right. up and, like, busy with school right. and, like, getting your career going. Like, right. there's so many little things where it's, like, you know, you, you reach a certain age and, you know, mm-hmm. you kind of it kind of just hits you. It's like, whoa, like. And I think it's a good thing because you want to start doing things with more intention. I mean, yep, re- I agree. Re- because if you don't, there's really, and I think intention and growth kind of tie hand in hand and this is for life and i think it also applies to business as well if you're just doing things for the fucking sake of doing it it's never gonna stick you know it's it's that becomes more of a tactic and less of a strategy and you want to be thinking in terms of strategy like how do i see myself doing it so for me it was more things like you know my day and how i want to involve my day and how how, you know what i want to do what events i want to attend who i want to hang out with and it was it's not only a transactional relationship with people but if I didn't think that me being with a person, for example, even if it's an hour or two, is going to really benefit me in terms of a personal growth, not even you know business growth, not net worth, network growth, just you know personal growth, then I don't want to spend my time with them, and I could rather spend my time doing something else, or just literally sleeping, or resting, or you know working, or doing something that actually is going to move me forward. Because there comes a time where a lot of things, you know, if you have a family and all that kind of stuff, you're not going to be able to do the same things you're doing, you know, when you're in your early twenties, mid twenties, and you know, really hustling. And so all of those kind of thoughts, I was thinking, how do I become more intentional? How do I do things that are really going to impact me down the line and kind of set the right tone for the future and even the present? Um, and so that, that kind of is what it came down to for me. And it was more so like, you know, trying to go to the gym more often, you know, I was kind of slacking off uh, and, you know, going once or twice a week, but now I want to go at least four or five times a week, you yeah. know, after work, which means maybe scheduling less meetings after work or setting them later and the weekends really clearing them up for, you know, at least during the day, you know, clearing them up for working activities, hobbies, things I enjoy at nighttime, still do the event things. But I was more like, it was becoming in the weekends, it was just being more like me being lazy, like waking up later and really having no plan to do anything. Yeah. I like to have an idea of what I'm doing. I like to always be on the go. And so that is, 
and again, it's very loose, intentional. It's not like oh, I'm gonna plan out 9 a.m., 10 a.m., 11 p.m. You know, like I think of it more like I've never, I've never been the type to like sit down and really yeah. like you know strategize like five, ten year goals mm-hmm. either. Um, I kind of just you know you you know I've always been like yeah. we'll we'll figure it out when it comes to kind of just you know day in and day out. But um, here's where I think like it kind of plays intention into intentionality because I think in to have intention um, and to know when to have intention uh you kind of have to have a vision like Mm -hmm. you know you want to know what you're working towards like if your intention is to do this what is the going to be the result of that and is the Mm -hmm. result of that something that you're is closer to where you want to be as a person in all areas of your life whether it's the gym whether it's relationships whatever it may be um so I, i mean Again, I haven't sat down and r- actually physically written out like my yeah, goals and things like. like that for the next 10 years, but I think just I'm, you know, I'm definitely thinking more about it lately just because uh, um my whole thing is like you you know, when you have a vision, it it makes a lot of the day-to-day stuff a little bit more clear as far as you know, I'm going to be more intentional about this while this doesn't matter too much because it doesn't really play into right. my like overall goal and my and vision. And there's things that won't even bother you anymore. Right. Like, like little oh, fuck it. little things. Well, like it might be little yeah. to you yeah. and big big to someone else um, who that is part of their long term you know, vision. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think it's important um, to kind of just you know again, it's not gonna be uh, set in stone like this is what it is gonna be for the next five years, but kind of an idea of of where you want to be in all those areas. You know, if you want to be a certain weight at the gym, if you want to, you know, um, let's say you want to have a wife in five years, like mm-hmm. then like you know, so it's kind of. You want to be able to, um, but yeah, intentionality, big thing. And and it's it's interesting because society and education, the educational system doesn't really set you up for these kinds of things in the sense that, you know, you're, you're no. kind of on a one track mind when you're in school. You're not really thinking about relationships and the future of those things. You're not thinking about the future of your work, the future of your health. You're not thinking of those things because you're so focused on how am I going to make money or what job am I going to get? And then you realize at one point, I think, I mean, like, so Pat and I are both, you know, 26, like about to be 27. You start to realize like, okay, like, again, we're still young, but we're also at a point where we're, you know, a good amount removed from school. You know, we're working, you know, there's a bunch of stuff that we want to do, you know, a lot of things that we aspire to do. And it's not that the time is running out. It's really not. But also, if you can become more efficient, if you could become more intentional with the actions that you're taking... Those things, when they do come, the goals that, you know, you set for yourself when they do come, you're not surprised. You're like, yeah, "Yeah, it's supposed to happen, I think. And it goes back to, I think, a conversation we had with uh, Dave Greenfeld. Was it with Dave? Mm -hmm. David? About? The fact that when you reach the point of success, like, you know it's going to happen. I think it was David Dan. David Dan, right. right, David Dan. And so, um, yeah, and he was saying, like, I'm not surprised that I'm successful. Yeah. And and that's how it should be in my opinion. Like of course if you're surprised successful, you know, great rare, but you should expect to succeed. Or on the flip side, you should expect to fail. You know, if you are doing the wrong things, if you're not planning in your business in your life and you're not having the right honest conversations with yourself, with the people around you, then you're expecting to fail. So I think that a lot of it is transparency both with yourself and with others making your goals known, making your intentions known. Yeah, because the truth is like you can you can uh like I think um was it Henry David Thoreau or one of those guys said like you know live the life you've in, you've imagined like yeah. you can you can literally do that yeah. you know but you need to be intentional about things otherwise right. it's never going to happen like if you're not intentional about it and you don't spend the time to really you know deliberately put in the work and the motions hmm. to be able to reach that certain goal of yours then it's just not going to happen. So like, And it kind of goes back to wishful thinking, honestly. And it's like, you should sit down and have those silly conversations with yourself and others of like dreams that you have or ideas that you think are like unlikely or ideas that you think are just what the fuck. Because those are the things that are not going to... Number one, they're going to get your juices flowing. You're going to start getting creative. You're going to start imagining things. But when you imagine, when you create, that is actually when you can see, okay, like that's something I want to do. And now you could put the steps into motion and start executing. Like a a lot of my thing is like, let's start executing more, right? It's, you know, I can sit down all day with anybody and discuss all these ideas. I love doing it. 
but really, and I mean, I think we said it time and time again, you probably heard it so many times, execution was where it comes down to because there's a lot of stupid companies out there yeah. that you're like, what the fuck, what a stupid idea, but they just executed it, and now they, they're doing all right. Or I think the iterated. hardest part is just getting the ball rolling because right. if you believe in yourself that you can figure it out and you're, like, resourceful and you're open to learning and you're open-minded, like, that, all that stuff, like, don't even worry about yeah. it. You know, like, you'll figure it out. Whether it's yeah. you you on your own or teaming up with people, hiring people, all that stuff is doable. It's like I think the biggest barrier to a lot of um, you know um, entrepreneurs is like mm -hmm. getting the ball rolling. Like just right. do it. Like find the right, just sending the right, but it's like find the best initial course of action and just mm -hmm. take it. Like yeah. don't don't sit too long on it yeah. if you really feel passionate and like strong about an idea for sure so yeah um and if you guys have any of those ideas that you guys want to discuss with us you know or you know you just have these you know ideas that you're like i don't know how to get it off the ground you know just send us a dm and I'm, you know both me and pat would love to talk with you and you know see how we can help out and be a part of that love we really that want shit. to hear from yeah we, we we honestly do like we love um hearing new ideas and also just hearing how you guys plan on executing them i think and everybody has something that they could learn from one another just because sure. you know you're doing it in fashion doesn't mean that somebody else can't do that in food, right? There's always the marriage of both, and there's always new ways of trying things. So uh, definitely hit us up. You guys have our Instagram information and emails. Amazing. Okay, what's next? Um, why don't we do something like a little fun? Okay. Like uh, something we, we thought about was kind of talking about a business that has failed, something that we both uh, grew up on. For sure. Um, and kind of seeing, you know, maybe what 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 we could have done differently yeah. if we were in charge mm -hmm. or had control over the future of the that company. Uh, so why don't we do uh, Toys R Us? Okay. You know, a lot of both, know uh, that. Toys R Us is like a childhood uh, memory for sure. For sure. Going to going to Toys R Us, crying. I just remember myself crying all the time. <laughs> why? Because you didn't get the toy you wanted. Yeah, you didn't get the toy I wanted. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I got toys, but not every toy I wanted. <laughs> Which I feel like is like ninety nine point nine percent. I got a lot of my video games there for some reason. Like video games, game, yeah. They like had the, Game yeah. Boy games and mm -hmm. stuff. They had a they had an electronic section for yeah. sure. Um, and like they were like the biggest, if not like only large toy retailer, right? Besides like FAO Schwartz and those guys, but like Toys R Us was like the corporate version. Like they had like the branded stuff. Yeah, you know, like Star Wars and you know Disney stuff and like. Warner Brothers and all these like branded toys that you know you would see. I mean, I don't know, man. Like it was like a heaven, like a childhood heaven. Yeah, it was. You know, for for a kid. So they went out of business because And this was back in June. This is back in June. Like officially, right? Yeah. Like e-commerce too. June. I don't know about e-commerce. Yeah. But uh I mean they went out of business. So um why is that? Why is that? I mean, look, on the financial side, I don't really know the reasons. Any other e-commerce, by the way, is also shut down. Mm. I don't know why they went out of business um, in terms of, you know, the numbers and all that stuff. I do know that they got acquired uh, by private equity. Okay. I think Bain Capital so, was involved. So there's still a chance? No, I think... Oh, this I, is before they yeah, shut down. Yeah, I think... The, yeah, it's okay. probably one of the reasons why that happened. Mm. Um let me tell you why I think one of the biggest reasons for their failure or their bankruptcy was um, they weren't able to keep up with the times, generally speaking. Um, they weren't able to adapt to the modern everyday consumer that is their, that was their former client, essentially. Like folks, um, so Toys R Us started in the late 1940s. So folks, like our parents you know, generation perhaps were kids when, and even older than that, but they were kids when Toys R Us was around. Mm -hmm. So if they were second, third generation Americans, our parents weren't, but a lot of parents are, they probably went to Toys R Us as kids and then they became parents and then they became grandparents. So Toys R Us has been a part of their everyday life. However, as technology advanced, I don't think Toys R Us kept up with how the consumer was not only purchasing products, but how they were discovering, right? And I mean, a great example is more recently that Ryan's kids, Ryan's toy box or whatever yeah, the hell is. Yeah, Ryan's Review. Ryan Review. Yeah. This guy is the number one highest paid influencer how, how YouTuber. 
He's either seven or eight. Seven, seven or eight years old. Yeah. How much he, money is he making? Twenty-two million a year. So what he does is, he they they send him toys, and this is not wishful thinking, by the way. No, this uh, is this, this is, is facts. Straight facts. Just <laughs> there is truth. a seven or eight-year-old. Google it. twenty-two millionaire um, out there yeah, so reviewing watch his videos, yeah. toys. So let's 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 hold on for a second. He's seven or eight years old. What does he want to do all day? Play with toys. That's yeah. what I wanted to do when I was seven or eight years old. But he's making twenty-two million dollars while doing so. So yeah. he's, I mean, his parents are, but he is. So I heard that he's making some of it, and yeah. he's getting free toys. Yeah, I'm sure he's not paying for these toys. No, they're paying him. Yeah, to play with the toys. And I think, in fact, so the least amount of that revenue comes from the actual like YouTube videos. Like ninety plus percent of it is just more so him selling like the promo codes and whatnot. So are they? Is he working with different brands to play with their toys? Because I know he just signed like a Walmart deal or something, right? Yeah, is it Walmart? Walmart? I think so. He has his own toy around uh, Walmart. Wow. His own toy. His own toy. Like Ryan. Like Ryan. Ryan Ryan toy. Like I don't know what it's called, (laughs) but so yeah, he's eight years old. That's born in twenty ten. That's nuts. Born in twenty ten. Not even in the 2000s. Like, not the 2010s. He's born in the 10s. Like, you know, like people are born in the 1910s. He's born in the 2010s. Wow. Like, he's going to, in 2100, he's going to be like, So what that tells you, obviously, is like, toys, like, it's not the fact that toys have. He has his own Wikipedia channel. Anyways, go on, sorry. Yeah. It's not the fact that toys have changed or like, you know, the market's gotten smaller. If anything, it looks like it's gotten bigger, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, Um, toys. Yeah, can really mean anything. Yeah, yeah, it's toys. Like it's yeah. kids play with toys. It's like a thing. Um, it's just that Toys R Us's model didn't. It wasn't conducive to the way. Right. I mean, people consume. Yeah, I'm just reading about this guy right now. So as of today, okay, th- these are staggering numbers. Okay, as of today, so last year he was the eighth highest paid YouTuber, having brought in 11 million dollars in revenue. Uh, um, and then this year, yeah, it's. Sad. Yeah, sad numbers. And then this year, he doubled 22 million, okay? This kid is eight. He's already probably going to need for over 30, knows, 40 For million. all he knows, he's getting he's free toys, toys. And there's a camera in front of his yeah, face. Yeah, that's it. And imagine your, your mom came to you when you were a kid and said, Ryan, you're not going to school today. You're just going to stay home, and you're going to be playing with toys all day. All I ask is one thing. Just play with your toys. Be happy. Say what you, you think about them. I'm going to put a camera in front of your face. Just tell tell us what you think. And boom. Like, yeah. That's nuts. That's like the dream for a kid. Like, I, I just can't wait to see. Forget what the money. Becomes. Forget the money. It's just I the mean, fact that you're playing with free toys all day. If I were him, I'd be pissed off if my parents are sending me to school. I'd be like, are you kidding me? We're losing money here. I think the parents are not sending him to school. He's probably homeschooled. So I've also heard that nobody knows their location. Like, they don't know where they live. I'm sure these bigger, like, um, companies know where they are if they're sending them free shit. But there's probably a very, like, private, like, contract between them just because he's eight years old. Um, Staggering numbers. As of December, what day is it? What's the date today? I'm just, like, messing up today. Yeah, mid-December. December 19. Well, December 18 now, but uh, technically December 19 because it's 5 a.m. So December 19. As of December 19, 2015, 2018, fuck. 17 million subscribers on YouTube. 17 million, okay? 17 million. Total views, 26 billion. 26 nuts. billion. That is five times the world population of his views. This guy can literally review a toy and it's going to sell out. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. these brands are probably thinking, why would we even pay for marketing? Yeah. Let's just pay fucking eight-year-old but, Ryan a little but bit. You know, like, and, and, and again, I don't know the full story, but like Toys R Us has a brand name. Like it's a brand name. Like, yeah. remember when? Uh, remember when? Like, was it Twinkies or like Hostess? Or one of them yeah. was going oh, out of business. Yeah, I know, but like, I don't know if it was Hostess or just Twinkies. One of like, it was going out of business. Twinkies. Like, it was the product line that was going out of business. Yeah. But it's a brand name. Like a private equity right. firm bought the brand brand name just right. because it's a name. Yeah. So, I would find it hard to believe that Toys R Us wouldn't be back in some fashion. Like, I know they filed for bankruptcy, right? But like, no, I think they're done. They defunct now. They're really. I mean, yeah, I just went on their website and it's like a blog yeah. about like random stuff. Like, it's it's actually really sad. Like, I'm deep down. I'm like. But you know bothered. what they could have done? But, like, they could literally just pay these influencers like Ryan. There's probably more than Ryan. That's now. what I'm saying. Like, the parents know Toys R Us. The kids, I'm sure, know Toys R Us. Yeah. Just, that Build was a studio like. studio in Toys R Us. Yeah. Have these kids come here. 
Unbox. All he does, by the way, is unbox toys. Or just launch a YouTube channel and have kids yeah, like review it. toys. Literally, and instead of the kids making money, you you know you pay the kids like models or something. Exactly. And, like, so a lot of my colleagues that have kids give them free toys. That's all they want. They say that their kids don't watch like TV shows or anymore. Like, yeah, they no, watch absolutely Ryan's, not. They watch Ryan's review. Yeah, my cousins do not watch TV. They, they watch, watch Ryan's. Re- they watch another kid playing with toys. Yeah, it's like watching people play video games. It's a thing now. If you can yeah. make it entertaining, look, it's not about the toys. It's yeah. not about the g- video game. Those yeah. are just like the vehicles. You know, it's the entertainment aspect. Right. It's the personality. You got to be a personality. And that's the thing. Toys R Us, I think it's, it is their own fault that they failed. It is not that, you know, their industry got. I think they just were too, like, it, it's a classic problem of being too big and refusing to adapt and change right. when you know yourself right. there is a Because shift right in the now, market. honestly, well, Ryan probably won't do this because he doesn't have to because he'll just start doing all these deals. But Ryan would, could launch would, his own e-commerce yeah. store. Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Your own store. Click here, go. If these are Ryan approved cl- uh, shoes yep. or uh, to- toys, yeah. that's that's what it is. It's like FDA, but for toys. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's no, like, he's, he's, like the, he's like the expert among kids. He's, like he's the eight. industry expert. He has no fucking clue what he's doing. Like real talk, he has no fucking. I'd be clue curious what he's to see what he does when he's older. So there, a lot of people are like concerned that he might become like one of those child actors that just like goes crazy because he's made so much money. But he's making more money than these child actors made when they were child actors. But also, like, who? Okay, can you remember someone when you were a kid that was like your like idol? No. Like, okay, but you know when you're like a kid, like you, Barney. You know, <laughs> I Barney's be a, a fucking, great idol to have. I, I wanted to be a purple dinosaur. Barney's a great idol to have. He's and then a, he he's fucked a, it up. He's, he fucked it up. But we didn't know that when we were kids. Yeah. So that's fine. Um, but see, like, Barney could have had product placement in there and killed it. But again, all these shows, they're fucking dying out because these guys are not thinking consumer. Yeah. Ryan is. Ryan's thinking consumer. He's thinking, okay, people are already on YouTube. I'm going to play with toys, or I'm not sure his parents are thinking it is. And I'm going to be able to sell it. I think he's always going to have to, as he grows older, like, cater to the generation that he's catering Absolutely. to now somehow. It's going to be genius. But I'm, I don't know if people are going to be receptive to that anymore. Because it's like, oh, this is Ryan the kid. Like Ryan grew up. Like Ryan's yeah. going to be starting to do like apparel reviews. And they're going to buy it. They're gonna, yeah. He has 17 million followers. Where are they going to go? That's nuts. 17 yeah. million followers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to go somewhere. See, like most of these like YouTube stars like started when they were older. But it's going to be interesting to see a kid grow. Like, do you know what 26 billion views means? That's I know. It means $22 million. In what? Yeah, exactly. Well, year. yeah, in one year. Yeah. 22, but he has no cost. <laughs> pure revenue it's pure profit yeah because he's at home pure profit getting free toys pure profit. And getting paid to play what is it his pa- dad's editing it his mom's posting it i like, doubt it if i had 22 million dollars i would hire an editor and all that stuff 22 million dollars you can hire someone to do all that stuff and he's probably had a fat deal with walmart i'm sure the dad's just doing business development like i'm sure I'm, I'm not even i'm sure he's just sitting at home getting emails all day <laughs> from brands to like hey can you can ryan play with this toy or that no. toy or that toy and he's probably just like Drinking coffee. He has like a pre-recorded like Ryan like no. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan says no. Ryan says no. <laughs> you know, I don't even know what this kid looks like. I don't know. I don't even want to. This is going <laughs> to piss me off. But yeah, honestly, Toys R Us, um, it's their fault after 70 years. If you can't, um, if you can't adapt and, and they had a way to, I yeah. guarantee you if they reached out to Ryan and all these other kids and said, hey, we're going to give you a lifetime supply of free toys. All we want you to do is review it. Be honest with it. If it fucking sucks, just, like it's like hot look. Yeah. Fucking sucks. Just say it. Just put it on your t- because at the very least, they're getting brand yeah. recognition. Exactly. Well, they already have brand recognition. Right. They can just stay relevant <laughs> yeah, that way. Straight up. It, it's and it's, then what you can do is have that content obviously uh, somehow li- link back to your website, and yeah. you can have this beautiful e-commerce, perhaps a subscription model. For oh, hundred percent. Something I mean, you know where Ryan's like, box. Yeah. Boom. You know, like play with the toys. Hey, I'm Ryan. Here are your toys. Exactly. Just, you get a certain amount of toys every month, and um it's i mean it's yeah it's an unbelievable there there are i'm sure many companies that came in and and disrupted that space i'm sure there's toy subscriptions now see i don't know how none of them have the toys r us name or i'm sure maybe or even the branded toys that they had like dude i remember like freaking my like what was it fisher phillips fisher price Fisher Price, Fisher Phillips. Jeez, man, What's Fisher you're, Phillips? you're growing up too fast. Fisher Phillips is a law firm. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, you're growing up way too fast. Uh, no, yeah, Fisher Price. No, I'm talking about like, for example, like my like the Woody dolls or like the Buzz Lightyears or like the Star Wars toys, like all that shit that I yeah, remember yeah. getting from like Toys yeah. R Us. Like, 
Yeah. You know, the nowadays it's like, I don't know what kids are watching. Like, yeah, like exclusive Disney deals, I'm sure they have. Whatever. I mean, honestly, I think Toys R Us can make a comeback. They're, no, they're I think a, so too. And they, they might. They just might. But they, it would have to take, it, it would have to be. That name. I mean, you, that name is just. You know who would, it would have to be a bunch of millennials. It's a household name, yeah. man. You don't just get rid of a household they name. They need millennials with honestly not a bunch of corporate experience to come and take over and say, hey, we're going to make this a content but company. But like, I feel like they could have done that. They could have, but I don't think they did because they got complacent. They were getting the top just CEOs probably like, getting. Paid it just a sounds like time. less of a industry business shift thing. Absolutely, because it's not more of just bad management. Because they could have had more toys that were yeah in this century in these times. So they just yeah they got complacent. They it, let other people. I'm come sure in their and, business model, like even retail, dude. Yeah, you know, it, it was Toys R Us is one of those. I, I can't even blame the fall of retail, by the way, because no. A lot of kids are not at school. They're probably their moms are like, "Oh, I want to take them out," or their dads. Yeah. They're going out. They're going to Toys R Us. They're eating. You know what they could have done? Put a put a like put a coffee shop in there so the ki- parents go there. Put a you know a kids food place in there. So the well, kids now go eat it's there. like, dude. The, the, but also the toy space has changed a lot. Doesn't um, matter. Yeah, but like it's, it's it it's requires like, shelf space. No. Yeah. All they have to do is make it more experiential. But I see the toys that like my little cousins play with, and it's like not the same as we. And that's also fine. also because I think that it has to do with also like the media space too. Because right. toys are have always traditionally, or like at least in our, in our generation, was like tied very closely tied with like media and like merchandise. You know, like um, like consumer products, yeah. like for like Disney and like Marvel and things like that. They can still do that, huh? They can still do that. No, no, they can, but like that stuff is changing a lot now. Yeah. Like. Kids don't have. Kids are still watching movies. Right. Kids of now are still watching movies that we uh, used to watch as kids. Yeah. Well, and they're coming back now. They're coming like back the now, King but like they're not. There isn't too many. I feel like new nostalgia. Well, no, I'm saying there isn't too many new developments oh. in that space to create more. Like but there's an opportunity to do that. I think that like the kids like that. Will what I'm saying is like if you go on Amazon right now and you search like the top games, or sorry, top toys, they're like random toys that like random people came up with. They're not branded, right. you know, and like tied with like. But that's media. the thing. Toys R Us could have changed their model. They, they already have. have a platform. They have yeah. a platform. They have a name. They yeah. have an audience. Yeah. They can literally change their entire game plan tomorrow and they'll still have people buying their stuff. For sure. Anyways, we could discuss this all day long. I think it's it's a, it's a great topic. It's a very interesting topic. <laughs> Absolutely. It's one of the failed businesses that is kind of sad because I think that they had a way to survive and they maybe still do. Um, I still think that there's an opportunity for somebody to come in and do it better. And I don't think Amazon is the answer to that. Um, because Amazon is just they won't get they won't have the same brand Look, loyalty. But, but you know what the difference too is that that Kids are not buying the toys. Parents are buying the toys for the kids. And parents right. are used to Amazon and they like Amazon. And but, if they can buy it on Amazon, they will. But the thing is, when these kids are watching Ryan's unboxing, they watch it like 100 times, first of all. Kids just watch the same things hundreds of times. Yeah. And their parents naturally either hear it or they're watching it with them. And they're like, oh, well, we well, want that, we want yeah, that. Yeah, of course. That's so they what buy it. Yeah, it's genius. It's, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. So... You I mean, know, if I was I a parent, I would let him, I wouldn't let my kid watch it. I would block I would spending block absurd amounts of money com, on yeah. toys. Um, but yeah, <laughs> anyways. So Man. I'm curious to see what our listeners think as well about, you know, Toys R Us and what they would have done differently or even just about, you know. Yeah, let us know. You know we, these we, kid influencers. Hit us up and uh, maybe we can like share it on social or something. Yeah. Alrighty. Cool um, stuff. All right. Do you want to do like a quick, let's do a quick. Quick, quick recap. Five minute recap of all the past four episodes. Awesome. Uh, starting with P-Rod. Okay. Paul Rodriguez, one of the greatest skateboarders of all time. I'm so stoked that we had him on the podcast. Like that was really cool because I remember like just watching his videos as, like when I was a little bit younger and like um, I'm actually wearing his brand hat right now. Primitive. primitive, yeah. I have have some primitive stuff I wear all the time. See it everywhere. So it's cool to have P Rod on. He's like literally like next door to me, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is I didn't know. Like this, you know, a couple yeah, blocks super down. Super hospitable. How does super come cool to his house. down to earth. Um, loved his story. Uh, I think it was very different than anything we've had because yep. he's like an he's like a pro athlete yeah. and one of the best at his game he's yeah. like he's like like the kobe of like street yeah, skateboarding like it's insane um so it was really cool to like very much a mamba mentality very much and very humble like very quiet humble like not you know he's, he's not like yeah. wasn't flashy or no. i was you know it was just it was really cool yeah. um so yeah it was fun you know we went to his house hung out with him heard his story um kind of kind of it's just crazy like his thing was like he, I just felt so um, – it was really relevant to just anybody. Like it's just very human – it was a very human story of right. like I was a kid walking home, walking home from school, seeing kids doing things like skateboarding and I thought I was interested in it. And 
his whole thing was like, man, the guy just is like obsessed with skateboarding. Yeah. Like when you think about things that you're passionate and obsessed about, the things that are kind of second nature to you where you kind of just do it because you enjoy doing it. You don't think of it as work. You don't think of it as a chore. Mm-hmm. It's just something that you feel deep down, like it, you find enjoyment in. And he just went with that. Yeah. Like took a big risk, obviously, uh, dropped out of school. And, you know, I think there was an element of luck in a sense with like, you know, the industry was becoming bigger and bigger. But at the same time, he was part of ma- making that industry big. Right. So, um, you know, it's uh, he's someone that I think put in the work day in and day out with, and, and just got closer and closer to greatness level, which is insane. Like, yeah, and a lot of people hit me up for that episode saying that like we've never skateboarded in our life. And some of them are like, we've honestly never even heard of P-Rod. And I'm not surprised because I honestly had not heard of P-Rod either uh, prior to us uh, interviewing him. But they said it's one of their favorite episodes in the sense that they just were like inspired by his obsessiveness. Like just his incredible passion and determination for just making it happen and making himself a professional skateboarder. Like, And that is a tough mentality. Like the mama mentality, honestly... It's a very tough mentality, and it has a lot of its pros and cons. Yeah, um, I am a lot not, of sacrifice. Yeah, I am not per se. I cannot sit here and say that I have a mama mentality because there is nothing that I am passionate about to that level of obsession where I care about nothing else and only that, and I will do anything to get to that point. And again, that could be a bad thing. However, I think it also comes at a cost of alienating a lot of people, yeah, at sure. pissing off a lot of people. And that is a decision. That's a decision that you have to make. Uh, for me, that's not something. That's not how I would want to live. Um, but I think that's why P. Rod and Kobe Bryant are very close friends, <laughs> and, um, and the greatest at what they do. They are right, the top right, of the top, right, right? But they're also not known as like team players or well. In in Paul Rodriguez's sport, you know, granted he doesn't have to be, but I think even I think now even they're both becoming more in the you know now that they're both in the business scene. Things are a little different, but it'd be interesting to see how their mama mentality plays into that. Uh, so in, in business and, you know, managing teams and growing products. And yeah, things. I mean, he's definitely grown primitive to very yep. big place. Yep. Um, you know, uh, they're, they they just did a collab with like Dragon Ball Z, which is pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, they, I mean, like he's he has a successful career outside of skateboarding, too, which is cool. And now I think it was an interesting time to, to meet with him because he's dealing with the, the biggest injury of his life. And so, um, you know, it's going to be cool to see where he goes from here. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, really, really thankful to have had him cool. on. Next, um, next is Eric Huberman, who uh, founded Hawk Media. Uh, they're one of the largest kind of up and coming, and and they've been around for a while. Um, uh, marketing agencies here in LA. They work with like pretty much every startup, every company out here. Um, and it was cool because like I think at some point everyone who's kind of in the sales and marketing, you know, space has thought about potentially Starting. having their own agency. Yeah. So uh, I think it was cool to hear how he uh, started the company and um, you know his background and uh, just kind of being, just having a knack for growing companies and, and taking that you know full force and starting an agency and how far he's come. It's, you know, starting an agency is a tough gig, man. Tough business. Tough, tough business because you know, initially you want to obviously make as much money as you can to build a company. So you want to offer as many services as you can. Um, cause you don't have a, you know, long enough track record for companies to come along and pay you tens of thousands of dollars. Right. So you want to offer like a lot of services, but in order to do that, you need people. So, but you don't have the money to hire these people. So you, you end up doing everything yourself and it just, it's very hard to get an agency off the ground. Right. Uh, but it sounds like he, I mean, he did it, the, he did it mm-hmm. a great way. I mean, he like obviously has built this company in the last four years mm-hmm. or so. So, and for those that yeah. know Pat and I, or maybe perhaps you don't. We also once tried to yeah, launch our own marketing yeah. agency. Failed we did business. it for about a year. Well, failed is in a sense that like we just didn't we, take we, it any further. In terms of actually financials, like yeah. we made money. Like we yeah. did, we did okay for like it was a yeah. su- it was part time, part time. Yep. Like it was like which I do I advise against. Yeah, don't do starting that. a part time, part time yeah. agency it just doesn't work. Yeah, and we were like super niche in a sense that we were really focused more so, or we tried to be focused more so on the growth marketing, like yeah. advertising mm-hmm. and um, less on other things but it ended up becoming like building websites building apps and mm-hmm. and look it seems like a fun industry and it, it could be but the turnaround uh, is obviously very high in terms of people yep. in terms of clients any day you could get fired yeah and um 
as far as like Pat and I, just it, it didn't make sense in terms of the timing and the amount of work we were putting into it or we wanted to put into it. I think if we were just doing that and focused on that 100% of the time, I think we would still have this agency. Mm-hmm. But it comes at a lot of, it, it's a lot of stress. Um, it it's it a is. lot of hours. And the again, services business is a very stressful business. Yes, you have to you have to know what you're getting yourself. And you're working into. with people that think they know better than you, yeah. and they're still paying you. Yeah, that's why so. you need to be in a position to, bat, you know, battle against that. And right. like, you know, yeah, but like, you know, it's like your track record matters. Like, Eric didn't just start an agency no, after no. graduating college. Right. Like, he right. had a pretty decent track record of like creating several businesses and right. growing them right? Uh, and also growing other people's businesses. But look, so. I think a marketing agency is like if you're starting a business or if you have a business that's making money, it's, it's smart to hire a marketing agency because they know the best ways or the most up-to-date um, strategies and technologies and mediums and how to use them. And they have a team of people like that are only doing that. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a good thing. But, Again, like on the business side, like if it's something that you're interested in being the founder of, it is a rough business, man. Like, it is. I mean, Eric kind of alluded to it. Like, you know, he one day people just like leave because they got an offer four times their salary, and you're just like, yeah, oh, it's cool. a it's a competitive space for sure. Yeah, so not something I would want to do again. <laughs> um, but hey, who knows? I mean, like the thing is, it's one of those businesses that's really born out of people. It's always finding a need. For yeah, you. and like you know, marketing. And that's why it's core. Did it. Yeah, marketing at its core is pretty much like always the same in terms of what you're doing but the channels are changing the methods yeah. are the yeah. strategies are changing yeah. so if also like you see a lot of niche agencies come out yeah. focus on certain things and that could be a good or bad thing too i mean it could be a quick start and then you know a quick decline at the end of the day too because you know things change so quickly but um yeah that could work too. it's one of those things that if we get to a point of like 2008 2009 like a financial crisis or just even a correction It'll be one of the first things to go in terms of your business. Like you're going to start doing it in-house, which again, might not be like, – I'm not saying it's the smarter way. Yeah. But a lot of people will think that, okay, let's eliminate that cost. We'll do it in-house. Um, so business-wise, I don't know if it's the best business. And I think that's why Eric and the Hawk team is doing their Hawk ventures and you yeah. know exploring other ways. Yeah. Um, that was but, a great one. Yeah. Uh, next, we had Tyler Wilson of Vueskuke. Vueskuke. How do you know it? Vues Kuke. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Vues Kuke. You're doing it pretty, pretty good, actually. Uh, yeah, I mean, I listened to the episode a couple times in the <laughs> beginning, so I get it down. But yeah, that was that was a fun one because um, it's like so random, like how he came up with it, and like yeah. you know, he just had a hunch that it mm-hmm. would do well, and it's done really well. You mm-hmm. know, it's like a very popular spot in LA. Uh, well, the one in LA and the one in Venice. Um, it's like always busy. Uh, usually there's a line out the door because um, it's so unique. Like there isn't anything really like it in LA um, or even like anywhere close by. You know, it's like these like really interesting, exotic, if no one's been, like I would definitely recommend it. Definitely recommend trying the rattlesnake and rabbit and the duck and bacon. Those are the two, uh, my my two favorites. Mm-hmm. The Belgian fries, obviously. Um, it's a great spot. I love going there. Just, you know, you know, it's one of those places where like, you know what you're getting when you go. Yeah. It's, it's great. Uh, his story was cool. Um, how he got it off the ground. Uh, very interesting. <laughs> Friends and family rounds. Yep. I, I remember that one because I was kind of annoyed. Yeah. Um, because Pat and I are always hearing this. Oh yeah. You know, friends and family round. And it's like, you know what? I'm sick of hearing it because it's not that easy to raise money. First of all, you know, it's like, Oh yeah. Hey dad, could you give me $300,000? That's never the case. So, and if it is, then shit, like, adopt me you know but even then like any smart parent would not give money just away like that and so i was just like give us like the story of like how that happened because we've heard it so many times on this podcast of our guests being like yeah we had a friends and family around and we raised like seven million dollars it's like who the fuck is your family (laughs) like i didn't know you're a fucking bloomberg like (laughs) share, share share the love um so again like and I think, again, something I want to be more intentional of is, like, these fucking vague answers that we get on our podcast. It's like, no, like, the whole point of the Founder Hour is, like, we want to find the answers to things that you cannot find on the internet. Yeah. I want to really delve into, like, how it's actually happening, you know, be- because as a founder, we've heard all these things so many times. Oh, you know, work hard, 
you know, be, you know, have grit, all this shit. Fuck that shit. Like, how do you actually have grit? How do you actually work hard? No one's ever, I was thinking about this yesterday. Which one of our founders or who has ever told you what working hard means? Because I don't know what it means. Because, you know, a lot of singers are like, we work hard. What do you do? You just sing all day? Yeah. Like, is that working hard? Perhaps. You know, do you write all day? For me, working hard is very different than when you're working hard. So what is working hard? What is working hard? Answering thousand emails a day? No one's ever said this answer. So I want to start asking those questions. I don't know if it can be easily answered. And that's the point. Like, I want people to think about like, so for well, some people, working hard is working like four hours a day. Great, <laughs> and that's and that's fine. But yeah. I think it's important that people know what that means. Like, yeah. is working hard one hour of the most efficient hour you've ever had? I don't, I don't know. Like for me, working hard means working long. Like even though it's not efficient, yeah, I prefer working smart, <clears> like <throat> really getting it done, like having a plan to do it. So working smart and hard is probably the best combination. But those are the questions I want to be more intentional. Yeah. about. Anyways, David Greenfeld, episode forty nine. Yeah, great, founder of Dream great, Pops. Great last episode. It was of the he's year. a great guy. Um, yeah, it was. It was just yeah. It was. It was. A, it's a great story for sure. Um, mm-hmm. as far as kind of finding like a very, um, it's. I mean, it, it is a niche space, but it's like the ice cream category. But like the way they went about it and how they got got it off the ground, like they didn't go launch a store and like mm-hmm. or a retail store mm-hmm. or, or a website and like sell that way. Um, they like started doing collaborations mm-hmm. uh, with brands and doing like pop ups here and there, and like that kind of got their you know because they have a very unique design. So that kind of got their name out, and then now they're like one of the only. Um, or one of the first distributors of like frozen item perishables uh, direct to consumers. So like they'll actually ship it to you in a couple days or one day or something yeah. fr- and it'll show up frozen in front of your door. So um, very cool concept. Yeah. Dave Dave just was just an awesome guy. Um, really, really like Dave. Yeah, um, really cool dude. And uh, yeah, man, he it was, it was interesting because I definitely connected a lot with him in terms of, you know, going to business school and – kind of the kind of the route that most folks take but it's like at the end of the day it's like you can sometimes it's better to start a business early on if you have a great idea and sometimes it's better to go and get some really like solid business experience yeah. and like investment banking is like one of the best you can get and really learn about like he said like how to build a business from the ground up and all this all this all the things that you have to learn the hard way if you start a business early on that he kind of knew so He's, ex- some, he's executed, we're talking about execution, right, like he's executed for sure. very, very well. Yeah. And for some of the younger folks listening that are either in college or getting out of college that are confused, like you are a part of the majority. I mean, like a lot of people like in my age are still confused. Like I'm still confused yeah. at, at times. Um, and it's like, it's, it's actually normal. I would say, honestly, like for those that are like really certain that. Yeah, I'm skeptical. Yeah. You know. Anyway, so that's a whole different topic. But for those of you that are in that stage of like, oh, I don't know what to do. Honestly, my advice at this point is work somewhere, do something, gain any sort of experience. And anything is better than just sitting around for seven, eight, nine months, ten months. I mean, I don't know what to do and just applying to random jobs. Honestly, do that process while you're working somewhere else because it's not about your resume, Fuck your resume. It's more so about the smaller things like working around other people, working with people, being managed, being micromanaged, you know, setting timelines, setting deadlines, yeah. setting goals. But, uh, you know, I also recommend- All those things are important. Uh, also, even though it's going to be, might be, make it harder uh, and narrow down your options to find a decent gig, but like definitely recommend something that you have an interest in because that work yeah. that you put in, because it's going to be work, is going to yeah. be more worth it than something that you just hate. For sure, if if you have that, if you have the option, sure. But if it you sounds don't, so cliche, but I can't stress it enough. Like, yeah. do something you fucking enjoy because it's you're gonna burn out, especially in our generation. There's, it's but crazy. look, there's very few of those jobs, right? No, so. there is not. I guarantee you, if you really deep down, like, and look, there are passions out there that you might not know are your passions until you try it. But right. you gotta you gotta get yourself out there and kind of, you know focus on things that you just enjoy like start with what you just enjoy and just regardless of like work like just Mm -hmm. for fun and go from there but i don't know and don't go to law school as a cop-out unless you enjoy it for people that's what i said as a cop-out yeah but all right that's the recap uh 
All right, well, many, what's what minute mark are we at? Man, we're f- almost 55 minutes. Okay, so, so we're going to keep this under an hour. Yeah. Um, uh, so real quick, this is the last episode of the year. So we're going to be wrapping 2018 it up. 2018 was uh, a year of a lot of ups and downs. Oh, yeah. A year I'll never, ever forget. Uh, a lot of great things and yeah. a lot of challenging things. Yeah. But we're, we're going to come out better regardless in yeah. the end. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the meat of our podcast has been 2018. So uh, Yeah, it has. And, you know, it's been an awesome year. And looking back like, fuck, dude. Dude, 50 episodes is not little. Yeah, um, we've done we've done a lot. And, uh, I mean, we literally could not have done this without you guys listening and always kind of hitting us up and showing love. And we can't thank you enough for that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, we you know we love to continue to hear your feedback mm-hmm. and your thoughts on how things are going. And, and we've done that. And so um, kind of a little announcement uh, starting next year. 2019 we're gonna shake things up a little bit um try to i guess for the sake of just kind of making it more fun like we personally want to you know make things a little more fun and entertaining so we're gonna talk about dating stories (laughs) not quite but maybe maybe could happen uh i'm not against that but like you know we won't say too much but expect a little bit of a change uh, we're still going to be the founder hour and we're still going to be hanging out with founders and talking to them about their stories among some other things. Um, but we're really going to make an effort to try to, I guess, make things a little bit more consumable and fun and, um, maybe not as long, Yeah, not as long. Uh, like we're already approaching an hour here and it's really hard because we both like, like talking and we're both conversational people, uh, to keep these things short, but, um, it's going to be good. We're looking forward to it. It's going to be better. Um, in the sense that we we hope so. No, no. It, I mean, I'm I'm a certain because it's going to take the great elements of what we've done over the last year and add an even better elements. Yep. Um, and a lot of it is based off of your feedback. You know, some people said that they really like the long episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I for one got to a point where I'm just like, this is like a little too long for me. Yeah. Um, like the content was fine. The content was fine. Mm-hmm. The length of it. Um, and I think Pat used a good word, consumable. I, I, think, and I think a part of that is because we wanted to have raw conversations with these people. Like we didn't yeah. want to like have it too structured. Right. And I think that because that takes away from the conversation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so naturally, you know, a conversation to get through what we want to get through is it's tough to do in a short amount of time. But and what we're going to yeah. do is something that no one is doing in the podcast space. Um, at least no one that we know about and nobody that's really has any sort of name recognition out there. So, um, you know, my biggest ask is if you've gone to this point in the podcast, um, not only in terms of episodes, but even just this episode, uh, do us one favor. You know, we don't make money off of this. We don't really plan on making money off of the podcast. It's something that we just really enjoy doing because we meet a lot of great people. It's also an opportunity for Pat and I to, you know, sit down and do the founder hour and talk about these things and share our thoughts with you guys. But tell one person about the founder hour, just one person. Text them the link, whether you're listening on Spotify, Apple, you know, what are the other ones? Tune in and Overcast. Overcast. Where, wherever you're listening, whatever you're listening, send that person Spotify. a link and say, yo, yeah. you know, these guys are doing an awesome podcast. They're sitting down with founders of LA-based companies. Check it out. Subscribe. I want, I mean, we, c- we are only limited by our network, me and Pat. Yeah. And, you know, we know that there's hundreds, if not thousands of listeners out there, you know, that are tuning in week after week. Also, uh, if you have any ideas for guests that you want to send our way, like we definitely want to talk to folks that you guys want to listen to and hear about. So um, we're always open to suggestions. Yeah, and we're going to be a little bit more active in terms of our email newsletter next year because of the format that we're taking. Yes, so sign up now. Yeah, sign up now. Go to thefounderhour.com and uh, you'll see the newsletter thing right there at the middle bottom there. Mm -hmm. And if you Um, want to just DM us with your email, we'll sign you up. That too. Um, But we want you to be more involved in this process. We want to be more engaging and provide more relevant content because it comes to a point that founders do say similar things. And that's why we are changing the format a little bit. Um, but again, um, just spread the word really. I mean, it takes five seconds to text a friend and be like, yo, check these guys out. Here's the link. Um, and subscribe and, you know, comment and review and do all those fun things. But I think more importantly, just tell somebody about it, send them our Instagram profile, engage with the content you know, be more active. And also one cool thing that's really kind of picking up is our Facebook group. Yeah. Uh, it's called Colab, C O 
L-A-B, capital L-A. It's a private group, LA. so let us know if you guys yeah. want to be a part it's of it. It's pretty active. It's, it's a yeah, small the goal, group the right now. The goal with that is to just kind of share news and uh, thoughts and topics and different things and yeah. just kind of create a discussion around it. Kind of like kind of like we, we do, just you and I, yeah. on the after hours, yeah. but more so kind of involve all you guys. And people too, are really so. like engaged on that. So yeah, it's great. Definitely join it. We'll post we're, a couple we're, links. We're continuously trying to grow it. Um, you know, it's in the growth, growth phase, but we'll, you know, hit us up. Let us know if you want to be part of it. Yep. But yeah, with that said... Pat and Posh want to wish you a happy holidays and happy new year. For sure. Kick off 2019 the best way possible. A lot of great things to come next year for everybody. So we can't wait to be back next year with a bit of a new format and get you guys some more content. Yep. But yeah, we love you all. Well, some of you honestly we don't like, but it's okay. <laughs> we love most of you. Yeah. See you, you later. Most.